Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Ideas matter. Ideas matter. This is Dialogue. Hello and welcome to Dialogue. The 19th Asian Games in Hangzhou is currently underway, with eSports making its official debut with seven competitions, including League of Legends and Dota 2. So what is behind the entry of eSports into the Asian Games? What does this mean for eSports and those who enjoy it? And how will the rise of modern sports impact traditional sports such as baseball and softball? With these questions and more in mind, earlier I spoke to Li Xiaofeng, better known by his game ID name Sky, who is the 2005 and 2006 World Cyber Games champion. And in the second half of the program, I also talked with Ricardo Fracari, president of the World Baseball Softball Confederation. Hello and welcome to Dialogue, Xiaofeng. At this year's Asian Games in Hangzhou, eSports became an official event for the first time. As a leading figure among the earliest eSports players in China, you were also a torchbearer for the 2008 Beijing Olympic Games. So how do you feel now seeing eSports take the stage at the Asian Games? Will you go to watch the events? Yes, as one of the earliest esports players, I feel that it is not easy at all for esports to get on the stage of the Asian Games. It's been 20 years since 2003 when the State General Administration of Sports listed esports as an official sport. Now esports has officially become an event of the Asian Games. When I saw the news, the feeling was very special, and I felt that it was really not easy. With the efforts of several generations of esports lovers, it finally entered the Asian Games. I will definitely go to watch the Games. I want to watch the final of each event, hoping to witness the moment Team China wins. If that's the case, it would be so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much impact do you think you know, the entry of esports into the Asian Games will have on the Chinese and even the entire Asian esports industry? Do you think we may be seeing more esports in China and Asia in the future? You know, from the point of view of the competition, what is the difference between the Asian Games events and those held in the esports league? I think it will have a great impact. As I just said, esports has been an official sport for 20 years, but there has been no opportunity to enter a high-level sporting event like the Asian Games. With the eSports entering the Asian Games this time, as far as I know, not only those selected by the national team dream of winning the gold, every practitioner, every worker in the entire eSports industry is paying attention to this event. Hopefully it will go well in return for their efforts and support for so many years. It's a really special feeling. In addition, these eSports events of the Asian Games are actually some of the mainstream ones in China and even around the world, which are really popular. The audience base of these events is very good. I believe that if a country can win the title or get good results, the Asian Games will be of great help to the leagues, which can generate greater influence even beyond the industry itself. These are all aspects of the Asian Games that are completely different from other traditional eSports events. 
Okay, back to the Asian Games, uh, Xiaofeng. You know, what are the teams you will pay attention to or you advise people to pay attention to? 我觉得在亚运会的赛场上，可能最值得我们关注的就是。I think in the Asian Games arena, the one we need to pay the most attention to may be Team South Korea, because South Korea has always been an esports powerhouse. They are very strong in the League of Legends and other games. In China's domestic leagues, many of the best teams have foreign players. Most of them are from South Korea. I think we need to get prepared for playing against them. I would also like to take this opportunity to call on the Chinese players to be as prepared as possible while facing the South Korean team. You have to stay calm when the games go tough. As long as they can beat the South Korean team, I believe there should be no big problem for the Chinese players to win the gold in the Asian Games. The International Olympic Committee announced the formation of an esports commission in early September. This undoubtedly marks another great recognition for the esports industry. Does that mean esports is getting one step closer to becoming an official Olympic event? What do you think the entry of esports into the Olympic Games means, you know, to the esports industry and those who enjoy esports? I think if esports can enter the Olympic Games, it will be even bigger good news. First of all, this will greatly promote the development of the esports industry, giving the entire esports industry more opportunities to thrive. At the same time, this can also become a channel for many excellent Chinese esports games to export culture overseas, so that more foreign esports fans can feel the charm of Chinese esports games and the characteristics of Chinese culture. Second, if esports can really enter the Olympic Games, it will certainly make the whole society, including all the players, have a higher awareness of esports. There may also be more and better esports professional players and professional events in the future. As I just said, the higher the level of the competition has, the more it will help formalize our league. For all the practitioners of the esports industry, we feel that the entry of esports into the Olympic Games is a dream for everyone. No one can be sure when this dream will come true. But when we saw the Olympic Committee set up an esports committee in September, we felt that the dream might be getting closer and closer. Well, there are also some post-80s and post-90s esports enthusiasts in China. You know, who say that uh, compared with uh, unprecedented enthusiasm in China around 2010, this year's esports entry into Asia seems to be a little late. Uh, the domestic game market and the game platform have been showing different trends. Some are saying the peak of esports may have passed. Do you agree with the, this statement? You know, for esports and those uh, who play esports. How is it different in China today compared to 10 to 20 years ago? Today's esports are extremely different from that of 20 years ago when I started participating. Taking the prize as an example, when we were in 2003, the prize of most tournament champions was only about 10,000 US dollars, but the number today could be as high as millions or even tens of millions. This shows that the esports industry is experiencing rapid development. During its development, the industry has become better and better. 
In addition, I think eSports has the lowest threshold to participate, so there will be many participants who love eSports who can easily get involved. At the same time, I think the development of eSports today is still at its peak stage. Twenty years ago, only a small number of people could participate in eSports in China. But as eSports gradually became accepted by the society and public, more people began to participate, and the scale of eSports participants became larger and larger. Today, we can see that almost everyone has a smartphone and computer, and they can open an eSports game anytime and anywhere on their mobile phones or computers. With mobile devices nearing saturation in the population, the upward momentum of eSports has basically reached its peak. But that doesn't mean eSports will go into decline. Instead, I think eSports is stabilizing at its peak. For example, the recent Asian Games have official eSports events, which is very helpful for the development trend of eSports at a high level. In the future, eSports may also enter the Olympic Games. Therefore, I think eSports has entered a golden age, and in this era we have more and better events, more professional event organizers, but also more excellent players who are also trying to lead everyone healthy and positively to engage in this sport. So, I think we're experiencing a peak in eSports, but there's probably not a lot of room to move up because of the saturation of mobile devices. And such a phase is undoubtedly great for us. Well, as you said, we are still at the peak time. Uh, so, from your perspective, uh, do you think China can now be called an eSports power? Uh, compared with more advanced countries and regions uh, participating in eSports, what are the characteristics of China's eSports industry, uh, if I may ask? First of all, in terms of population size, China is definitely a great eSports power. Taking myself as an example, I have been playing a game called Warcraft 3. Although this game is no longer the most popular one in China, with a smaller group of people who are playing, while looking at the world, this game still has many tournaments and a huge group of players. And not to mention there are also very hot projects in China such as League of Legends, Arena of Valor, Game for Peach, and so on. China's esports in the scale of participants and the number of practitioners are far more than any other countries. China's esports league is also bigger than most other countries. Certainly, that benefits from the rapid development of our Chinese economy in recent decades, which has made our professional league and the ecosystem of esports do much better than other countries. Compared with some players in Europe and South Korea, the level of Chinese players is basically even to them. Some European countries and South Korea are very strong in esports, but the level of Chinese players is not at a disadvantage, and even in games, compared with foreign players, Chinese players have a greater chance of winning. Mm -hmm. Now, let's take a look at the development in China. You know, after the State General Administration for Sport recognized esports as an official sport, China has actually made a series of attempts to develop the esports industry, including forming a national team of esports and the establishment of related majors in colleges and universities. Uh, so what do you think of these uh, centralized attempts to develop esports? What can China do to improve the industry? Mm. 
I think that the formation of the national team of esports and the setting of esports-related majors in some colleges and universities just shows that this industry is developing in an orderly way under the guidance of the government. And I think this is a particularly good thing. As an emerging sports industry, I think esports can become a kind of leisure entertainment for everyone, and that is also very good. In the future, I hope that practitioners in this industry, including these players who participate in the national team training, can make themselves as an example and do their best to strive for good results, get their jobs done, and lead the development of our industry. That's my dream too. Esports has evolved into an industry with sizable practitioners today. It represents a new type of technology sports, and I certainly hope it can have a better future. We also know that you know, due to the characteristics of esports, uh, the career life of esports players is not very long, uh, which brings up this question of uh, what professional players do after retiring. Uh, as you have continued to work in the field after retiring, can you tell us you know, from your personal experience about this transition process for professional players in China, is it relatively difficult or relatively easy? And what role do you think former esports players should take in the esports industry after they retire from playing? Since esports became an official sport in 2003, in the first decade from 2003 to 2013, all professional players have faced an extremely difficult situation after retirement. In fact, this didn't just happen in China. As far as I know, it was the same in other countries in the world. Because in the early days, we had no well-running clubs, no professional leagues, and no jobs like those doing live streaming and personal coaches. However, with the rapid growth of China's internet industry from 2013 to now, the development of live broadcasting platforms and the emergence of a number of related positions, the transformation after retirement has become easier. You can become the anchor, coach in the club. You can also become the commentator in the league. There are so many positions for everyone to choose from so it is no longer difficult to transition from a good professional player. After the current professional players retire, I hope they can stay in this industry and use their experience to help the development of the industry, whether it is to do esports education, or to become a club coach, or to enter the league. I think their experience will be of great help to the whole industry. So I hope that they can continue to work in esports, and I hope that our industry can develop better and give them more opportunities. Mr. Farakari, welcome to Dialogue. Let's start with some you know, basics, of course, uh, you know, this uh, sports, uh, how familiar it, you know, it is probably to the people in China and also in this region. You know, unlike football, you know, table tennis or badminton, baseball and softball are not that, uh, let's say, grassroots sports in China. Many Chinese may have heard of them, but they are not really familiar with these games. Uh, could you please uh, you know, help them understand the appeal of baseball and softball, why they are so attractive? Well, the great thing about baseball and softball is that anybody can play. There's a great team spirit and the camaraderie and everyone can easily from playing a sport in a fun, dynamic, contactless game can be played by everyone. Uh, last week, uh, the WEC under 12 Baseball World Cup in Tainan City was a great example. 
Belbo softball are the perfect activity for Asia. They are team sports with proven results in improving the concentration of the children. And uh, there are also perfect family activity. And then, of course, we are talking about the baseball and the softball. For those who are not that familiar, so what are the major differences, you know, between the two games, baseball and softball? Is it uh, safe to say, you know, baseball is for men and softball for women? This is not really true. The major difference between baseball and softball is the size of the ball, the size of the field, shorter, the, the way the ball is pitched, baseball over hand and softball under hand. But baseball and softball are played both by men and women. We have uh, uh, men baseball and men softball, women baseball and women softball. Right now, the Women Baseball World Cup Group A is taking place in Canada, where Hong Kong, China is currently competing. So we had the Men's Softball World Cup featured 12 teams uh, last year, with the next edition starting next year. And uh, just for give one example, uh, for the world rankings, men baseball program has 84, uh, women baseball program 20, men softball program 38, and women softball program 65. So really, uh, we can embrace men and women in both sports. Uh, with uh, and you know, it was uh, already known that in the 2024 Paris Olympic Games would have uh, neither baseball nor softball. Uh, though they are going to um, be back, you know, for the games in Los Angeles in 2028. Uh, tell us, you know, what, what's the consideration uh, behind the on and off uh, in the Olympic Games of the baseball and softball? Well, uh, uh, you know that baseball was in the program until Beijing and, uh, and after was out. The problem that uh, in this moment is that the IOC put a, 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 a top number for athletes in the Olympic Games, 10,500 athletes. This for the sustainability of the Olympic. We are the team sports, and we have a large number of players between baseball and softball. So uh, in Tokyo, we was more than uh, around two or 300 players, and this increased a lot, the number of, of the quota. Uh, this was the main reason why in Paris uh, was not there. And uh, for LA, uh, the WBC, the MLB, and its partner are committed and ready to, to bring the best of the baseball to the Olympic Games in partnership with LA 28. And the WBC in partnership with LA will reimagine the ultimate Olympic experience. So we have connect LA28 and inspire millions of people across the world, especially women and girls. And our sport will help connect millions of fans of the game. Better Sob in LA will attract younger audiences uh, to the sport and encourage greater participation in the USA, in the key markets as the China. But of course, our goal is to be remain permanent in the program. Mm -hmm. uh, I wonder, you know, if it is up to the country which hosts the Olympic Games or it is up to the Olympic Games Committee to decide, you know, which game will be on or which uh, game will be off? Uh, well, different from the past, 
that the, the IOC uh, practically decide in the, in the program. Now the IOC is moving to give more attract uh, the game in the country where play the Olympic and allow to the uh, country that hosts the Olympic to choose some sport that are more popular in the country. But of course, remain the problem of the number, the total number of the athletes. And I think this is a, the first step, one process for change a little the, the program for the Olympics. Okay, women's uh, softball, you know, made its Asian Games debut in China, in Beijing, actually, the Chinese capital, in the 1990. Uh, in the same year, you know, men's baseball was a demonstration sport, um, but both have been on the program ever since. And how do you see the relevance of baseball and uh, softball uh, to China as well as uh, to the Asian Games? The Asian Games and the global baseball in China is very sport important for our sport. And the Asian game is one of the biggest con continental events in the world. And we are proud that baseball softball have been regularly on the program, including the next edition in 2026. As I told you before, uh, baseball in all the Asian continent, baseball and softball is very popular in many countries, and not only the big one, it's growing also in other small countries. And the popularity of our game in China and Asia is consequence of this. China held its first national women baseball World championship last year in Wanzhou, and the first women uh, national team was born in Wanzhou on that occasion. So uh, the sign of further growth are very encouraging. Mm -hmm. uh, well, for the game, I know firsthand that China has the experience and the expertise to deliver a magical, fantastic Asian Games in Wanzhou. For Bedford Sobor in particular, uh, artists will have the privilege to competing at the new state-of-the-art Shanghai uh, Bedford Sobor Sports Center. It's, it's new, it's fantastic. And it's a beautiful and modern venue. And I believe the largest in China. And uh, uh, also here, the Chinese Bedford Association will host also uh, the WC Under-23 Baseball Cup in 2024. So the future is truly bright for baseball soccer in China. And we are excited for Wanju 2022 baseball soccer action to inspire fans. The WC, mm -hmm. of course, has found memory of baseball soccer tournament in the Beijing 2000, 2008 Olympic Games, where baseball soccer featured on the program. Baseball soccer, of course, also featured in 2010 Asian Games, hosting Guangzhou. We are very excited to be back in China for a major multi-sport event for many reasons, because Beijing was in our, still remains in our memory. And Guangzhou 2022 Asian Games, which I have that no doubt will be a fantastic event, hosted to the highest standard. Yeah, sounds exciting. Uh, well, as you said, in recent years, we have seen you know, rising popularity of baseball and softball in China. Uh, it was uh, understood that you know, China's market volume for baseball would reach like 28 billion yuan, uh, the Chinese currency, in 2023, this year. And then two years later, in 2025, the number would reach 30 billion Yuan, uh, so that's huge. Uh, you know, I, I want to ask you, you know, on, you know, uh, 
we see, you know, how do you see this development or, or popularization in China in terms of, uh, let's say, commercialization of the of the game and also how welcome it is among the public? Uh, you know that uh, the WC formed the world ranking according to the result and the participation of the different teams in our World Cup. And uh, the number of China, uh, if you look now, well, really positive is growing. In men's football, in men's baseball, uh, the, the ranking is 23 among the other world baseball classic participants. China improved the most, gaining seven positions to go to 23. So it means that really is growing. In uh, women's baseball, is 15. Uh, in men's, in uh, women's football, 11 is uh, in the world. So I think it's very very good position and we continue to work on key areas for improvement improve the performance of the chinese national team and generate more local star athletes this is another important thing improve the number of good quality venues as of 2019 there are 141 training venues 27 venues and 20 indoor venues uh, we need to improve the access to inexpensive, good quality equipment and make our sport easier to play and access, provide inexpensive training opportunities and increase the, the number of professional trainers. Look, you know, the Asian Games, of course, you know, uh, do you think the success of the 2023 Asian Games may help to promote baseball and softball uh, sports in Asia, especially in countries that don't have a strong fan base uh, uh, currently. Uh, the WC introduced in different ways for better sub or for fans uh, to experience the sport. Uh, we invite, especially for the Bebo 5, that is very uh, easy game. Uh, we invite every student to play Bebo 5 that is in the Youth Olympic now in 26. A new sport, Bebo 5 is, is a new sport, as I told that game popularity around the world. All you need is a ball, rubber ball, so we don't need any material, but we can play in every, in every, every the Asta is play everywhere. So we can play in every village, in every place, and it's fun, uh, and everyone has the opportunity to compete also in the Olympics. Uh, Mr. Farakari, of course, in the politics should be free, um, and should be absent from um, sports. We know that uh, there's a close cooperation between China and the U.S., mostly you know, China, U.S. investment and training and uh, you know, U.S. efforts to basically enlarge their presence of the, of, of the game in China, for example. Uh, but at the same time, we noticed that in the politics-wise, you know, the two countries, are, we are seeing tensions. Uh, do you think will polit political tensions somehow affect the cooperation in this field? Yes, I think that the best can be one opportunity for cooperating uh, between this country because uh, it's a game and the sport. I know that the politics sometimes uh, can uh, condition the situation, but uh, I think that this will help to, to, to grow even relationship in between uh, these two countries and more. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you for speaking with us.